And now for McAllen City Hall, a meeting of the McAllen City Commission. Convening the regular city commission meeting for February 22nd, 2021. If you stand with me for the Pledge of Allegiance, filed by the invocation by Commissioner Omar Quintanilla. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings that you've bestowed upon our city, its residents and employees. I pray for our first responders, Lord, that you would protect them and be with them. Lord, I ask for the agenda items that are before us today, that you would give us wisdom, Lord, that we would make the best possible decisions. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Well, today we have um, two proclamations. The first is kind of appropriate since uh, we had this winter storm that may have killed a lot of our vegetation and made you appreciate. I'm going to drive around the city. I didn't ride my bike, but I rode, rode around the city and saw the devastation it had to our, to, uh, our plants, trees, etc. So I think uh, Arbor Day special this year. So Chris, we have Chris Lash, um, uh, head of um, Keep Mac Allen beautiful. Talk about Arbor Day, Chris. And your members from Keep Mac Allen beautiful. Thank you so much, Mayor. Thank you so much, City Commission. We're here today to uh, invite everyone to our Arbor Day celebration. And like the mayor mentioned, this uh, event was created so that we could establish a dedicated tree fund for the city of McAllen. And on that day, through a 5K, a 10K, a 25 mile bike tour and a 100 kilometer bike ride, we will be celebrating trees. And this year it is somewhat different because of the pandemic. We have opted to do a virtual event where you can go ahead and register the nice thing about it is you can run it on your own place, your own time, and still participate. We will still be having packet pickup. That will be on March 4th from 7.30 in the morning until 7 p.m. in the evening. And on that day, you will have an opportunity to pick up a tree. Like the mayor mentioned, unfortunately, we have lost a lot of vegetation. And so this would be a good time to pick up a native tree during packet pickup. And so I would like to thank our um, board members for helping with the Arbor Day celebration. Also the city of McAllen for all the support they've given us. And for our sponsors, Blue Wave Car Wash, Greater State Bank, AEP, CMEX, IBC Bank and BBVA Bank. We'd like to thank them for supporting us because again, as I mentioned, this is our 10th anniversary. The medal will be a 10th anniversary medal. So it'll be a beautiful medal. And um, we'll also be uh, giving people a neck gaiter that can also serve to cover your, your mouth. 
So uh, we encourage everyone again to participate. You can register online at uh, keepmcallenbeautiful.org. Thank you again Wait, so Chris, much. We, we have a proclamation. Mayor Pro Tem Whitaker is going to read okay. you a proclamation. It wouldn't be Arbor Day without a proclamation from the city of McAllen. Good evening, everyone. State of Texas, County of Hidalgo, City of McAllen. Whereas Arbor Days was first observed with the planting of more than one million trees in Nebraska in 1872. Whereas trees can reduce erosion, cut heating, and cooling costs, moderate ambient temperatures, clean the air, produce oxygen, and provide habitat for wildlife, and are renewable resources giving us paper and countless wood products. Whereas in our city, trees also increase property values, enhance the economic vitality of business areas, and beautify our community. Whereas Keep McAllen Beautiful's Arbor Day celebration was created to help establish a dedicated tree fund for our city to help ensure a prosperous future for our community through proper tree maintenance and tree plantings with the help of every citizen, as well as promote physical well-being through this year's Arbor Day celebration, virtual 5K and 10K, 25 mile and 100 kilometer bike tour. Now therefore I, Veronica Whitaker, Mayor Pro Tem of the City of McAllen, Texas, by virtue of the authority vested in me and on behalf of the Mayor and the City Commission, does hereby proclaim March 6, 2021 as Arbor Day celebration. Congratulations. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, and the next item is National Engineers Week. So hug your engineer this week. And uh, Bilkis Olazaran is here, and Commissioner Villalobos will read the proclamation. Engineers. Bilkis is here. No, he's not. Well, the city engineers will go up there. <laughs> And we have a vet who we call all just the, about every day. All the city engineers are up here. Excellent. <coughs> Proclamation of the city of McAllen. <clears throat> Whereas Engineers Week was started in 1951 by the National Society of Professional Engineers to raise public awareness of engineers' positive contributions to quality of life. <clears throat> And whereas engineers use their scientific and technical knowledge and skills to provide planning, design, and oversight for the traffic, transportation, water and wastewater systems, and storm drainage systems for the city of McAllen. <clears throat> and whereas the important efforts of engineers to help drive the economy in the city of McAllen, protect our environment, and ensure public safety. And whereas engineers continue to encourage our young students to realize the importance of science, technology, engineering and mathematics, the STEM programs, and degrees in our region. Where it is a mission of the American Society of Civil Engineers, Rio Grande Valley branch, to deliver value to its members, advance civil engineering, and protect the public health, safety, and welfare. And whereas the efforts and contributions of the engineering profession to the city of McAllen should be acknowledged. Now, therefore, I, Javier Villalobos, city commissioner of the city of McAllen, by virtue of the authority vested in me and on behalf of the mayor and the city commission, do hereby proclaim the week of February the 21st as National Engineers Week. Thank you.
Thank you, Commissioner, Mayor, and Commission uh, for this proclamation. Uh, we are um, humbly here to receive it as engineers. We like to work behind the scenes um, to accomplish our work, and um, you don't necessarily see us on the field, but um, we are busy working, uh, putting plans together, um, evaluating situations um, when uh, they arrive, such as uh, the flood events that we've had recently in our city. Um, our staff is diligent, wor diligently working behind the scenes to come up with solutions and address the issues that um, our city sees. So thank you very much for this proclamation. Oh, and I would, I would be remiss if I didn't say that our city manager is also an engineer. <laughs> He decided it was easier on this side of the uh, deal. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, absolutely. we never have uh, Lawyer's Day. I don't know, it's because we have four lawyers on the we have a lawyer? Yeah, yeah. I think we ought to have a Lawyer's Day. Is this too uh, many? Bankers, papers. <laughs> <laughs> bankers is okay. Lawyer's Day. We need a Lawyer's Day. I agree. Uh, I don't have a lawyer to have um, no. Lawyer's Day. <laughs> And people can bring fruit. It's every day. Lawyers yeah. every day. Right? <laughs> Engineers build things. I follow TRO on that. <laughs> okay. Ready? We're going to convene a public hearing now to consider um, items and recommendations from the McAllen Planning and Zoning Commission. I do have one item, uh, item uh, A1, 1A2. Commissioner Zamora has a conflict. He will not be participating and or voting. In that particular item. Alrighty. Uh, good evening. So there are three um, conditional use permits specifically listed under routine this evening. Uh, they all come with a favorable recommendation of the Planning and Zoning Commission, and as always, they can be enacted uh, with one motion unless discussion is or opposition is uh, asked for. Um, there is a one-year conditional use permit for a tire shop at 2255 Date Palm. There is a a CUP for one year for a snack bar at 6101 North 23rd. And then there is a CUP for life of the use for a guest house at 2712 <laughs> Denton Creek. Is, is the snack bar one item too? Is that because of alcoholic sales or is that uh, different than that? It, it's because of the alcohol, yes, sir. And shaved Cuba, so it's uh, okay. Yeah. And, okay, on that particular item, um, unless the city commissions have any questions, is there a Eliza Garza? Um, on Zoom or anything, she, uh, are, you want to step forward? Are you for or against it? I'm, I'm for, I'm just for. She's Okay, yeah, then you so. probably don't need to say anything unless somebody else, okay. <coughs> Is there any objections um, to these uh, three items from anybody in the audience or on the TV audience? Okay, Commissioner Whitaker. I just have a question. Mm -hmm. Is this tire shop already in existence? No, ma'am, it's a new one. Brand new? Yes, ma'am. And did any of the neighbors, uh, were they opposed to it? No, ma'am, no, okay. surprisingly, yeah. No opposition? No, ma'am. We'll move to approve. Okay, motion to approve Second. items A, Second. one, two, and three. Second. Second. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, uh, same sign. Motion carried. And let the record reflect that Commissioner Zawarna did not vote for item two. Item B, condition use permit. All right, this is uh, CUP for one year for a liquor store uh, at 301 North Ware. So this property is located at the northwest corner of Ware and Cedar. It is zoned C3L, like commercial. Uh, Jason Sonian is R2 to the north and west, C3L to the south, and R3C to the east across the street. Uh, surrounding uses include single-family home, duplexes, and other commercial plazas. The applicant is proposing to operate Fiesta Liquor uh, from the existing 832-square-foot suite, um, Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. through 9, through 9 p.m., yes. 
The item was heard at the February 2nd Planning and Zoning Commission meeting where there was one person in opposition citing traffic and proximity to residential areas. Uh, the applicant was present and stated that his, his businesses have not had incidents in the past. Uh, the board voted to ultimately disapprove with a favorable recommendation to city commission. Uh, staff is recommending approval. The favorable is it's within the distance to residents. So it, it doesn't Move to meet approve that. Stated by B and Z. Second. Discussion. Second. Is uh, Mr. <coughs> Lerma in the audience? You on a, You're uh, against. Is that right? He's, oh. yeah, he's the applicant. Okay, yeah, yeah, sit down. You're good. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got a motion and second for approval. Discussion, uh, Mayor. Huh? Discussion. What? I'd like to have discussion. Discussion, go okay. ahead. Mr. Garcia, uh, was this not, was this commercial plaza not the subject of another request within the last year or year? It was for a rezoning. That, that is a, a great point. Um, that rezoning request was ultimately denied and that sparked us right. going to the ordinance review committee and creating this new conditional use permit uh, category. Yes, sir. It's all about dovetailing. That's right. All right. <laughs> that answers my question. Yes. Because it's a, a package store, there's no Right, so now Correct. it's a C3. No on site consumption. No on site consumption. So we did an exception. Okay. That, okay. Yes, I got a motion and a second. Yes. Okay. All, all, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. <coughs> One, uh, let the record reflect Commissioner Quintanilla. Commissioner Quintanilla is opposed. Uh, motion passes. Thank you very much. That's the end of the public hearing. Now we have the consent agendas. Any item be taken off the consent agenda? Um, I actually did. I had uh, D. Which one, Mayor? Uh, D. D. I move to approve other than D. Second. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was C. Okay, move <laughs> to approve other than C. Okay, so uh, we have motion for 2A, B, and then uh, D through G. All those in favor say aye. 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 Same sign, motion carried. Um, uh, let me, I had a question on this. But in approving this, are we approving the $103,000 matching grant, or does that come later on when we do it? Yes, the uh, matching funds are available currently, and they would have to be um, available when the grant, if the grant is awarded. And this doesn't take a budget amendment, this, so we are approving $103,000 matching yes. grant. Okay, that's all I had to know. Then I entertain a motion for item 2C, please. Motion. So moved. Second. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same as aye. Motion carried. Bids and contracts. 3A is a water contract for bus shelter purchase. Good evening, Mayor, City Commission. Uh, the Transit Department is seeking authorization to award uh, the bus shelter contract to landscape forms for 26 shelters through the Texmas Smart Buy uh, Cooperative approved by FTA. The total project cost is 368,862.14 cents. 100% subsidized by the Federal Transit Administration. I'll entertain any questions that you may have. Motion to approve. Second. Yeah, motion is second approve. Any discussion? By when, um, I'm sorry, and I think this is the one that I asked you, but when, when would they start? Well, we would, we would award the contract and uh, they have a 12 week lead time. And a 12 week lead time for delivery. <coughs> after which we will start installation. Okay, any other questions? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Both same sign. Motion carried. B. Thank you. B is consideration and approval of a change order uh, for the 2018 Bond Group E drainage improvement. Good evening, Mayor Commission. 
Um, this change order represents a change in scope for some utility conflicts, but the majority and the, the biggest amount for the change order is expanding the original uh, limits of the project to include uh, drainage towards the Ware Ridge uh, subdivision. And um, as part of that change order, it includes 672 linear feet of a five by three box uh, culvert, sorry, box extension, and some, then some revisions to the uh, current plans to be able to accommodate that extension as well. Staff recommends approval of the change order number one in the amount of $368,467.75 additional calendar days for a revised contract amount of $2,028,251.50 and a revised contract time of 315 calendar days. I would like to add that um, this is uh, from the uh, drainage bond uh, program, so we do have sufficient funds to cover that amount um, based on bids from other projects. And additionally, we are working with a contractor so that he constructs these box improvements prior to completing the rest of the drainage uh, ditch improvement projects. So we're aiming to complete the box improvements um, before, prior to June. We're looking towards the end of May. And um, it extends the overall contract time to that August 8th so they can go back and complete the drainage improvements. Okay. Um, do you have a motion? Motion to approve. That's great, great work. Yeah. Very good work. Thank, Thank you. Any, any discussions? What was I have uh, one. the original amount? The original my, my bid amount? is going a little crazy. I'm sorry, go, say that again? Yes, the original amount, one, amount of the contract? 1.65. 1.66 million. 1.6 and this is 300 and something. 360. But unexpected type of matters. Um, I would say it's not unexpected. It's something that we were asked to bring forward. So it's an additional after, scope of work after, after the fact. Okay. Yes, sir. Well, we're getting more for it, basically, right? Okay. Uh, we are more or less in line. That's what you're yeah. asking for. Did the price go up on the boxes? Um, not necessarily. Um, it went up a little, but it's not um, overinflated based on we're the original contract. We're just asking more amounts. after we initially let it out. Exactly. Okay. I have a question, and I hate to do this on engineering week or day, <laughs> but it seems like almost all these projects we've done, either road or drainage projects, we run across lines we didn't know were there. This was an 18-inch, 8-inch and a 16-inch line. Is it the responsibility of the engineers to do as-builts, and how come we didn't have as-builts on a lot of these projects that would have said, hey, and I don't know if this is, you know, the 386 would have been, 68 would have been spent anyways, but there's got to be some remobilization re and those kind of fees built in. So whose responsibility is to do as-builts, and do we check them, or what, what's happened? It seems like we have, I think, two or three. So there, there's somewhat a dual responsibility. Um, the city has a, a GIS uh, map of where existing utilities are. And it's based either on as-built or on some historic data. So when plans are produced, uh, the consultants primarily rely on those as-built data, the, the as data that the city has. But, but I will say what I've seen, and because of what you've seen, uh, some of that as-built data is, doesn't necessarily reflect what's out in the field. They often encounter lines that are old, that were left in place, that were abandoned. Um, sometimes they just were not mapped for whatever reason. They, they weren't picked up when those as-builts were done. And so it, it's both um, in order to, to request engineers to go out and locate those lines. Water lines um, can deflect up, down, any way. There, there isn't really necessarily a, a rhyme or reason for the water line alignment. You try to do it as straight as possible to reduce the cost. 
it's not like sewer, sanitary sewer and storm that goes on a certain grade and has to maintain a certain elevation. The water lines could be raised higher or lower depending on what they found in the field. There's a question when they the utility board tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Um, they, we, you know, we take those maps and we show those on, on our plans and the engineers do find them. Now there is a practice called subsurface utility engineering where you can go through and pay another consultant to go and actually locate those lines for you prior to doing work. It's extra cost. So we normally rely on the data that we have. It's, it's pretty good data, but occasionally we run into conflicts. Um, and it's not always water lines. It's sometimes gas lines. It's electrical. It, it's right. other this lines. This is about the third time we've had lines that were abandoned that were left there. But wouldn't that also be in an as-built that they've abandoned? They didn't pull this line out. They've abandoned it and, you know, went beyond. I, I just seem like we spent right. we a lot of money on things we don't know underground. They... They okay. should. Um, I can't speak for bad past practices. Um, they, they should be either removed or, or called out as such. Sometimes it's more cost to remove a line, so they leave them in place. It, yeah, you know, I, I can't speak for those practices that occurred in the, in the past. But they would, they're supposed to do this as well. They would supposedly note that in whatever the as is yes. going to be. Okay. Yeah. What's the size of the, uh, the pipe or the boxes that's going to service that particular neighborhood? Five foot by three foot. Okay. It's a box. Um, uh, because of cover, we went to a box instead of like a 48-inch pipe to oh. keep the, the cover low, so three feet high. And I imagine that that those boxes, the uh, 5 by 4 5 by 3 Right, 5 by 4 5, five by, by 3 5 by 3 Oh, I'm sorry, 5 by 3 are large enough because I, I see 33rd going all the way up to Northern Lights, and, and is that part you know, down the line where it's going to be all connected under the same stormwater drainage? So it's sized to be able to carry stormwater runoff from the northern limits of that drainage basin. Oh, okay. Um, the engineers went through, um, they looked at how much water was coming in this direction, and they sized the pipe to account for uh, that rainwater. Now, to be fair, it's not sized for a 100-year storm event because no. that's not how we size it, but it's sized to pick up that drainage basin. Because of limiting factors um, in the contract, we cannot exceed the contract amount by more than 25%. We needed to pick a cutoff um, that would still service that subdivision. And so that we were limited by that. And the reason why I ask that question is because it appears that there's two, if not three, uh, subdivisions that yes. are coming on, online probably within the next year or even year. And uh, one is draining to the north and east, and then the other phases of that subdivision the next subdivision that's being done in two phases um, will connect to this box. Very well. Thank you. Okay, and any questions? This, all this will be fixed for all the other subdivisions also, so we won't have as much trouble. They will be able to connect to this box, yes, ma'am. Okay, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same, same motion carried. D, and I noticed D has another has built issue, right? <laughs> no, it's not an has built issue. D. Yes, go ahead. Change order number two for runway 1432? No. Uh, change order number four for Kennedy Avenue drainage, um, roadway and drainage improvements. This change order um, is to accommodate a driveway that we had oh, okay. identified in a right-of-way acquisition with an adjacent property owner, but it was not shown on the plans. Um, it's planned quantities. We're just run overrunning those quantities. It's in the amount of $7,963 with nine additional working days. And they'll revise the contract amount to $1,551,708.50 with a revised contract time of 277 working days. I forgot, this is Mr. Gegenheim's driveway. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, any questions? Do you have a motion first? Motion? So moved. Second. 
When, when is it finally going to be finished so we can drive through there? We have, actually, they are um, behind schedule, and so we're working with them to finish it as, as soon as possible. Um, I'll get you a, an update on the final time frame at, for the Friday highlights, if that's okay. And it's been a while. What does this relieve in the south part of town from what, what kind of traffic does this relieve? So the intent of this, and it was part of the bond, um, the 2013 bond, it was one of those projects and it was going to extend, essentially it was at the Erie alignment that would connect um, with the uh, convention center and go on the north side of um, Westside Park and then come down and connect to the, the, the convention center. So when we look at that area of town between Business 83 and the expressway, there is really not an east-west relief route. And so you have to go down to the frontage road if you want to come back. Let's say you're going through somewhere to come back to McAllen. You would, um, if you're going down Benson, you have to come down or to the frontage road or to Business 83 to get around. And so this is a, a connector street that would allow you midway access back to the towards the convention center. Um, the next phase of this would extend this roadway to Taylor, and um, that will connect us at the city of Mission, there's a, a roadway on that side, and so it'll be able to facilitate, I guess, movement um, from those shopping centers towards the convention center and, and vice versa. I would hope we wouldn't do that until Taylor Road, or in conjunction with Taylor Road, so you don't have to redo anything over there. It's gonna be an intersection. It'll be a T intersection on the Taylor Road. We, well, we don't have that next phase funded yet, okay. and so we'll have to coordinate when that funding comes through. There's be a T intersection at Benson, though, at least, until the- Yes, sir, at this point. Are so we gonna plan a light now, or are we just gonna wait until- We'll wait till it's warranted, till the signal's warranted. Okay, motion second. Uh, any other questions? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 same sign, motion carried. Thank you. D is change order number two for runway 1432. Good evening, Mayor, Commissioners. Uh, staff recommends uh, an addition of $5,435 and six calendar days for revised contract amount of 14970396 and 371 calendar days. Moved. Okay. And this could we found some drainage things we didn't know about, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yes, sir. They found an abandoned four by four box in place. Those skeletons in the closet there. <laughs> you know, I just remember about twenty years ago, we talked a whole bunch about that, about making sure as got done better than they had in the twenty years before that. And so I just was kind of deja vu in as right. <laughs> okay, we have motion second. Any other comments or questions? Hearing none. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed same sign. Motion carried. I realize it's not you that um, <laughs> Thank you. I'll be talking about you though in twenty years. Twenty years I'll be remembered. I four A is ordinance amending fiscal year twenty seventeen uh, annual action plan for C D B G Good afternoon, Mayor, City Commissioner, City Manager. The item before you recaptures balances from completed programs, aggregates these funds, and awards them to the fire department for the purchase of radios for Central Station, Station Number 3, and Station 6. Firefighters at these locations provide emergency services to areas which meet CDBG eligibility criteria. It should be noted that in accordance with our citizen participation plan, staff solicited comments and none were received. In addition, this proposed amendment was heard by the Community Development Advisory Board, and they supported the use of these funds for the purchase of MFD fire radios. Um, as such, we are re recommending approval of this amendment. So moved. Second. Second. Is this for fire individual radios? Yes, individual radios. 
they're um, phasing out um, as they are as technology is improving, so they need new radios in order to get this, <laughs> this done. This is just how many units are being contemplated? Right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How many units are being contemplated? <laughs> it was about, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was about 120 radios that we were looking at. This is uh, recaptured money. This is recaptured money from balances um, of programs that have been completed already. Yeah, no, no. Um, we don't have to pay anything for it. It's hundred percent. Correct. Good job. This would be this would be paid by the CWG. Matching funds. Okay. Uh, motion second. All in favor say aye. Aye. Both same sign. Motion carried. Thank you. Thank you. Four B is an ordinance prohibiting food trucks from playing amplified music near residential areas. Afternoon, Mayor, City Commissioners. This went to ordinance review. Uh, the topic came up with some complaints that uh, food trucks, we've seen an uptick in them and there's been great success, but one of, of course, the side effects of that growth is a little bit more noise close to neighborhoods. So ordinance review had an opportunity to examine this a couple weeks ago, and the recommendation of that committee was to prohibit amplified music within 300 feet of a residential area. Okay. Yeah, I had a couple questions. Um, sure. The current food ordinance, or I guess mobile food vendor ordinance, already stipulates that continuous music shall not project from the mobile unit and then this one specifically says amplified music within 300 feet they kind of seem to be almost the same thing except the existing one doesn't have a i guess a distance, distance. requirement so i don't i'm not sure this really accomplishes much more than already exists i'd like to maybe table it and see if we can refine it i think some of the complaints were more related to general disturbance when the food truck is in a very near proximity to a residential area, you know, almost across the street. It's different from when they post up on 23rd or Nolana, um, where you find most of them are in the food park. Both sides of those streets are commercial. That was a motion, I'll second it for today. Okay. Um, we have we have a motion, but a motion to table the motion. Yeah, I'll motion to table to, to revisit it. So it's, it looks a little ambiguous with the current code to me, and I'm not sure it's it's a. Okay. Uh, I have a question. And you, you table your second. I'll second to table. I have had some people okay. tell me about it. So. And you have a question. I just want to know if we can amend it so that we can at least start at least put it in place for some of the. Um, Food yeah, that's that are already having trouble in the neighborhood. Well, I didn't know if we had to take it back to ordinance review and maybe discuss it with the members of that committee. That's why I was tabling it. Um, unless we, I don't know if it's enough to make changes here. Okay. Well, and then so we have a motion to table, and you had a request. Nobody's changed it yet. Is a Jack and Hilda Edwards there? Yes. Are they proponents or opponents to it? Okay. If your opponents, it's, if it t stays table, I would suggest you. Um, Give your comments, and we'll uh, pay attention to our next, or, uh, maybe the next agenda or two. And it's going to go back to the ordinance review committee for consideration. If it is table, okay. A motion and second to table. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Okay. Uh, resolutions. Okay, uh, Mayor. The next three are resolutions uh, for tax credits. You had a presentation last meeting. Yes, sir. Uh, so the first one is Valdevillas. Uh, just a quick recap. It is 130 units. It's a family development. Uh, it does require rezoning and a subdivision, uh, but staff is recommending approval of the resolution. We want to take them all together or you want to do them separate? We can do them together. Yeah, we're recommending approval for all three of them, so if you want to take them all together, that's... For subject to any rezonings and all that type of... Yeah. Correct. Yeah. They're not going to get rezoned until they after they got a contingent purchase agreement with it. Correct. Have we gotten any any response from any of these uh, 
But I mean, any backlash? Uh, no, nope, not yet, sir. Um, obviously, at this point, nothing is uh, advertised yet. Um, so once they find out in July whether they get the tax credits or not, then we'll start the rezoning process. And that will be when, if there is going to be any backlash, that's when we're going to hear it right now. Um, unless you've paid attention to the workshop or the city commission, uh, most residents wouldn't know. Make a motion to approve uh, items 5A, 5B, and 5C with regards to Evaldivia's community, Vanti Legacy, Violet Park community, and Jackson Street Apartments community in their endeavor and application to the Texas Department of Housing and Community Affairs. Second. Second. Okay, motion to <laughs> approve items A, B, and C, 5A, B, and C. Uh, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign, motion carry. <laughs> D. D is a resolution uh, authorized by Section 418 of the Texas Government Code extending the mayor's declaration. Mayor, this item is basically you uh, had a declaration last week of an uh, emergency slash disaster. And we, decide, we can decide today if we want to extend that or not uh, because you need to get authority after seven days. Yes. Yeah, seems it's, like the emergency it, has... It runs to March, March 15th, I think I was in there. I'm not sure. Was there, is it date specific? It, well, the, the emergency order that you signed, Mayor, is good for a Seven week. This, this extends it two weeks, and, and we, we ran it date specific so that it would correlate with commission yeah. meetings if you all are inclined to extend the, the emergency declaration. Is there any purpose we're extending it? You don't know. I mean, you know, the weather looks pretty good and everything <laughs> as relates to that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's time to get people to get their information in, et cetera. Let, let me just ask a question. If we don't extend it, does that impact our ability to get reimbursed for something? Mayor, commissioners, it, it's... Well, well, you know what? If we extend it, it doesn't affect us either way. I, I would say there is a, a slight chance if we don't extend it that, that there may be some we'll limitations to, to what we could reimburse. Okay. I know we're still doing damage assessment right now, so... I think it gives people more time to make their claims. Right. All right. <clears throat> okay, so we have a motion to second to second. approve. Except to extend, correct? Extend. Correct. All those in favor say aye. Aye. All the same sign. Thank motion you, carried. Variances. Consideration of a variance request of the block length at 8300 North Ware. All right. So a couple of sueños phase two is a nine and a half acre, uh, 49 lot single family subdivision. Uh, it is located on the east side of North Ware, approximately 1,200 feet north of Auburn Avenue. Uh, the property is surrounded by other single family uh, subdivisions, Campo de Sueños Phase 1, which got uh, recorded last month, and vacant land. Uh, the developer is requesting a variance to the 800-foot maximum block length in our code. Uh, specifically, the project engineer is proposing for North 33rd Lane, uh, which connects to Campo de Sueños Phase 1, uh, to measure approximately 1,000 feet. Uh, the basis for the request is to accommodate um, that curving design is being incorporated uh, and it has come into fashion uh, recently. Uh, the variance request was presented at the January 19th Planning and Zoning Commission meeting where it approved, uh, received rather unanimous approval in revised preliminary format. Go back, go back, there you go, thank you. Um, and favorable recommendation to City Commission with um, su or subject to rather the addition of common area access um, along 33rd, and if you can see, the reason I wanted this slide is those uh, five yellow highlighted areas. Um, that is where the project engineer has complied with um, what PNZ asked for. Um, so we are recommending approval. 
motion to curves really add up add to to subdivisions they look a lot nicer they do look nicer and that curve also helps to calm the the, the yeah, speed no speeding move yeah. to approve second okay. i had a question the, the middle area is that the, is that the drainage facility or what yeah, Which middle area? I was gonna the teardrop-looking thing? Yeah, teardrop. Yeah. That's common area, so it's going to be part drainage and, and, and part uh, just for access for the We're not going to put a lot number on it, are we? Because we want the city to own it later on. <laughs> no. <laughs> what did the fire chief say about the length with regards to having... They're okay with it, um, specifically because it is kind of a curving design and, and it just connects with the to, other streets. to the other streets, okay. yeah. Okay, a motion and second to approve? Second. Second. Yeah, second. Waited? Oh, I'm sorry, you went to the oh, second. Motion, second, okay. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, right. same sign, motion carried. B, B is consideration of a variance to the right-of-way dedication and infrastructure requirements at North Via Cantera. For B, Mayor and Commissioners, we have received communication from the uh, developer and their project engineer that they're gonna amend uh, their request, so at this time, no, no action is needed. Second. Uh, we recommend that we uh, it remove it from the we agenda. We remove it, oh. yeah. Okay. Because it's gonna change. The motion removed and set a table. Okay, second. Second. All in favor say aye. Aye. Same motion carried. C. All right. Uh, Frontera Peak. Uh, it's variance infrastructure improvements for Frontera Road uh, at Frontera Peak subdivision. So Frontera Peak is a two-acre single-family uh, subdivision located on the south side of Frontera Road, just east of Bicentennial. Uh, as part of the subdivision process, the subdivision is required to either build or escrow for infrastructure improvements. Uh, currently, those requirements include widening the road by 16 feet with all that entails. Um, so we're talking about curb, gutter, drainage, sidewalks. Uh, the owner has agreed to escrow uh, the estimated amount, which comes into 37297 but has requested yeah, a three-year term uh, to make it easier to pay, and this will be three annual payments. Uh, we are recommending approval, and the engineering department concurs with our recommendation. No moved. Second. Second. Okay, motion is second. Any discussion? Here we're done. All in favor say aye. Aye. Both same sign. Motion carried. Right. D is all yours, Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So this one's a beast. This one it has six uh, variances that taken separately would probably be very easy to, to kind of wrap your head around. Uh, but obviously when it's a six-headed monster, um, you could get lost. So obviously I'm going to go through all six of them. But if at any time you guys have questions, you want me to repeat anything, just, just let me know. Interrupt me. No worries. How many, uh, sorry, how many... Uh, that's the townhouses, right? 21, 21 townhomes, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Second and Dove is a 1.2-acre, 21, townhome subdivision located at Second and Dove. Uh, the developer's engineer, as I mentioned, is requesting six separate variances. Um, so here we go. Uh, variance number one is to keep the existing 80 feet of right-of-way uh, instead of the 120, which the thoroughfare plan calls for along Second Street. So what they're basically, in, in layman's terms, is no dedication. Uh, they don't want to dedicate along 2nd Street. Variance number one. Variance number two is to keep the 100 feet of right-of-way along Dove instead of the required 150, uh, which is what the thoroughfare car calls for. Um, normally, it would be 50 feet from the north, 50 feet from the south, but for some reason, uh, for this area, 54 feet was dedicated by the properties to the north, 46 um, from the properties to the south. So we would be asking for this property to dedicate 29 feet. We have agreed uh, with the developer that they uh, dedicate five feet and that will accommodate a right-hand turn lane on Dove. So the ask here is to dedicate five instead of the required 29, right? That's variance number two. Variance number three is to allow a 30-foot right-of-way interior street. So normally that would be 60 feet, 32 back-to-back. 
what they're proposing is 30 feet and all of it will be used, so 30 feet back to back. And that would be on the interior uh, east-west street. Variance number four is to convert the existing north-south alley uh, into a street. So for, those, for that end, rather, they would be dedicating 10 feet for a total of 30 feet, again, back to back. Uh, so they would be using all the 30 feet. And this is, again, to serve as an entrance from Dove, and it'll be that north-south um, alley that you see. Variance number five is to not provide sidewalks on both sides of the interior streets. And lastly, is to not provide sidewalk along the entrance of that entrance drive that we just talked about uh, on Dove. They would still be providing the five-foot uh, sidewalks on the perimeter, so you're talking about on Dove and on Second, those would be provided. It would just be really the interior and then that entrance street. So those are the six variances. Um, it was presented at the February 16th Planning and Zoning Commission meeting where the board unanimously approved the subdivision in revised uh, preliminary and with the recommendation of approval for all the variances to city commission. Um, staff is recommending approval, which is uh, option one. There are three options for it. Questions? And the developers, uh, engineers here, should you have any more uh, technical or engineering questions? I would make a motion to approve. Second. Yeah, motion, second, approve. Any discussion? My, my only issue is like with the sidewalks, so they're, they're eliminating the sidewalks? Yeah, so there will be no sidewalks on the interior east-west street and no sidewalk on the little entrance, uh, the <coughs> north-south entrance um, that goes from Dove into the street. So they would still have them along the perimeter, so okay. they'd be connected, yeah, with the other sidewalks that are okay. already built. Okay, then yeah. Yes. The fire department, everybody okay with that? Yes, so what the, the fire department uh, did mention is that they wanted uh, a second access, or so a second exit, rather, um, off of second, and that has been provided. Is it going to be a right turn only or not? Yes. Yes, okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, or else it costs too much trouble. <laughs> okay, any other questions? All in favor, say aye. 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 same sign. Motion carried. Okay. E is consideration of a variance request at 301 East Beach. Yes, so this property is located on East Beach Avenue, approximately uh, 1,100 feet west north, uh, west of North McCall, rather. Uh, it is zoned I-1, light industrial. Adjacent zoning is I-1 as well, all around, with all the other properties surrounding it uh, being of industrial use as well. The owner is requesting a variance to not subdivide the property to get building permits for the site's redevelopment. Um, the basis for the variance request is that the benefit of redeveloping the property and the paving of beach uh, will outweigh the required right-of-way dedication along Cynthia. So the property, again, currently has all the utility connections uh, and does not require dedication on beach. However, if it went through the subdivision process, we would require 50 feet of dedication um, on the west side of the property to connect Cynthia uh, down to beach. Uh, the property owner is instead proposing to repave the section of beach that is in front of his property and then construct um, a cul-de-sac, uh, much like the one that's found in Fireman's Park, just to the west of the property. So that's what they're uh, proposing. And if you go to the next slide, that is uh, where they got their inspiration from. Um, there are five options before you. When I wrote it, option one and option three, in my head seem differently, <laughs> but the difference is option one is just approval of the um, variance as is, no, no asks from the developer. 
option three is approval of the variance as the developer is presenting it. So with that cul-de-sac, uh, we are recommending option three, which is approval of the variance as presented by the by the developer. Otherwise, we don't go any place. I agree. Motion to approve. Second. Okay, motion second to approve. Any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 All the same sign. Motion carried. Thank you, Mr. Garcia. That was good. Manager's report. Your date tax collection. Yes, year to date tax collection report. Good evening, Mr. Mayor and City Commission. Before you, I have the year to date tax collection report from October the 1st, 2020 through January 31st, 2021. This year we began uh, our 2020 base amount at 50,905,212,19. We have collected $42,081,588.87, which brings our year-to-date collection rate to 81.22. To the right, you'll notice the 2019-2020 collections, and we're just very slight, a slight down, a decrease from last year's collection rate which was 81.90, but we have collected $1.1 million more this year than last year. In the middle of the report, you'll see a breakdown by property type. You'll notice real estate, we have collected 83.13%. In personal property, we have collected 66.72%. In mobile homes, we have collected 68.29, and in minerals, we have collected 96.83. The bottom of the report, you'll see additional collections and fees collected by our office. We have collected a total of 52,969.12 in late rendition penalties, an amount of 205,617 in penalty and interest, an amount of 125,805.80 for attorney fees, $330 in tax certificates, $100 for return checks, $27,067.45 for rollback taxes. And for the Public Improvement District for Tres Lagos, we have collected 156,205.04. That concludes my report from October the 1st, 2020 through January 31st, 2021. Oh, when I do wanna add, as of today, we have collected 91.51%, which is a total of $47,392,000. So we are doing really, really well. I was going to say, considering the pandemic and everything Considering else COVID, yes, we, we did really we're well. We're actually ahead. We're actually ahead of last Yes, yes. Yeah. We had um, a line of people that were actually, the last couple of weeks, they were actually uh, waiting in line outside the building to pay. So it was pretty good. Any questions? Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. B. B is presentation of year-to-date delinquent tax collection by Lyne Barker Galgan. And I think we want the cliff notes. The, you want the what? <laughs> the short version. You got it. <laughs> Good evening, Mayor, City Commissioners. Kelly Salasada on behalf of Lyne Barker to present the tax collection report for October 1st through January 31st. Um, our delinquent tax collection program continues to focus on two basic premises. The first is to collect from the individual taxpayer first, and secondly, use the tool of litigation only as a final option, which is especially important during this period of pandemic. We have completed two demand mailings, mailing over 3,200 statements to delinquent taxpayers. We have had over 1,700 phone calls, 
37 payment agreements, 74 accounts paid in full, and we've had 78 on-site payment, um, on-site visits, which used to be knocking on taxpayers' doors and face-to-face -face speaking with them. We still are knocking on their doors, but we're leaving material for them rather than having that um, less than safe, less than six feet contact with um, taxpayers. Regarding our litigation, we have filed 86 lawsuits representing over $199,000 in base penalty and interest. We've taken 36 judgments and pending litigation as of February 2021, we have 393 suits um, pending now representing over a million dollars in base penalty and interest. We regularly conduct tax sales and resales on properties that are delinquent. We have taken a more fine-tooth comb to those properties and identifying them considering the um, financial circumstances that most of our community are undergoing. We have sold six properties and we have struck off one property. And with those tax sales, we also um, collect uh, municipal liens on behalf of the city as a courtesy and we've collected over $11,000 in mowing liens to the city um, within that process. Looking at our collections comparisons you'll see we're up from october through january compared to the same period last year which we're very happy with we've collected over seven hundred thousand dollars in base over two hundred and five thousand dollars in penalty and interest for total collections this reporting period of nine hundred and six thousand four hundred and twenty two dollars looking toward to the future we can still we will still um, collect with compassion we have compassionate letters that we send out we monitor those individuals who indicate to us that they have financial difficulty because of COVID and um, try to accommodate them as best we can with flexible payment agreements. We will continue to monitor any bankruptcy accounts which have seen an, also an increase during this period. We'll continue our regular mailing program and monitor any properties that are um, ripe for sale considering our additional requirements during this time. That concludes my report. I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. Any questions? Report. Thank you, Kelly. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank and you. And we'll Kelly. skip to item E, which is project status report from January 30, 31st. Are the engineers going to celebrate tonight, or are you guys? <laughs> They're going to Yvette's the library. House. <laughs> Yvette's house. They celebrate at the library. My house, no, sir. Let me see if I can get this Don't going. Go they say that I have it up cool. here, and hopefully, I do. Apologize for this. We don't want them messing up the okay, right. it up. And we have Oops. here we go. Let's see if I can get this slideshow going. All right, so our report is through January 31st. Uh, the first project is a bicentennial extension project. Uh, Texas Cordia continues to work on the project. They are near completion with water, sanitary sewer, roadway storm sewer, uh, the raw, raw water, which is the irrigation line infrastructure. Um, they have also um, been working on the roadway tie-ins at uh, Trenton, Auburn, Frontera Northgate, and Freddy Gonzalez. Those uh, are either complete or near completion, um, getting those uh, crossings done. Um, so we also have um, half of, let me go back a little bit, our uh, roadway complete with a first course between Trenton to Frontera, um, that's a full width, and we have half of the roadway complete for the first course uh, between Hobbs and Sprague, and between, um, we have the flex space down between Sprague and 107. 
And so the contractor is making some work. Uh, Commissioner uh, Samora, you had asked a question previously. Um, the crossing over the, the um, irrigation uh, main um, that has been done with the first course of asphalt through that section there. And uh, the contractor has also installed uh, the noise barriers one, two, and three for the project. Those are complete. There was a revised completion date of August 18th, 2021 for the, la for the previous commission meeting that was approved as well. The next project is the Kennedy Avenue uh, Roadway and Drainage Improvement Project. It's a half mile extension. RDH is a contractor. Uh, we had a change order before commission for this item. They are working on storm sewer, water sanitary sewer, about approximately 90% complete and also working with curb and gutter uh, section. So they are uh, making progress on that, that roadway as well. Uh, the next projects that I have are the um, Taylor Road, and these are just for updates. We're working with uh, City of Mission Textop for this project as well. They're making progress on their right-of-way acquisition um, for this portion, and this again is being done as two phases with the first phase between business and the expressway. The next one that we currently have under design as well uh, through Half Associates is Daffodil Avenue widening from Taylor to Ware Road. And so we're in coordination with the engineering firm um, working on those designs. They're submitting um, their uh, percentages as they're required to. And we're also working on establishing which is the additional right of way that needs to be acquired as well through that segment. Is that a bond, is that a bond project? Uh, no, sir. Daffodil was not a bond project. Dove um, Avenue extension from Betson to 41st, however, is a bond project. Cruz Hogan is a design engineer. They are uh, working on finalizing their plans. We have uh, utility coordination that still needs to be done with Irrigation District 1 and Drainage District 1 for permits to cross both of those, those facilities, but no additional right-of-way is needed for that project. This is a list of the bond projects uh, for the drainage bond 2018 that have been completed to date. And then we also have uh, several projects that are currently under construction. North 43rd Street uh, Stormwater Bypass by Castle. Um, they are working on that. There is uh, some coordination that's being done with, the elect with an electric line. And so we're coordinating with them to get back out there February 8th is when they'll be out there to move their utility so that we can continue with that uh, work. Dove Avenue from North 10th to North 2nd Street, the contractor RDH continues to do work on that project wow. as well. We had a conflict which kind of put us back, but um, we discovered that uh, we were able to, um, the line was not being utilized. It was um, actually an old abandoned water line, not a gas line. And so we were able to um, get across that line and continue with progress on that work project as well. Do you happen to have a projected completion date now on that? Um, they have not submitted what they're proposing for days just yet. Oh. And so because they are also behind schedule, on their own, we're going to be uh, evaluating those days to determine what is actually going to be approved. Sure. So we'll be um, coordinating with them on, on those I days. I think it's flowing better there at least. The traffic seems to be flowing a little bit better. Yes, yes, they're, they're, they're making progress now yeah. as, as they're getting past that uh, conflict. Uh, we have that Northwest Blue Line regrade uh, Trench and Towerfall. That's a project that was before you today with the change order. The contractor continues to make progress there in that uh, area as well. How long is that going to be torn up at Auburn and 29th East? Auburn to 29th. That's what this project is, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's from 29th Street um, east to the drain ditch. Uh, along Auburn is what's currently excavated. They have some manhole... Um, Work, they have work to do in some manholes and um, to be able to clean up those areas, 
I don't have a time frame for that paving, but I'll uh, go back and, and get that from the contractor as far as when they can finish up that, that, the work for those tie-ins. Um, they're waiting to get that done before they come in to do any other asphalt work. And then we also have the Bicentennial Blue Line from Harvey to uh, Tamarack Bridge Improvements. The uh, boxes were received and um, the rest of the boxes um, are being manufactured as well, so there aren't any delays for the other crossings at La Vista Avenue Bridge. Um, work continues. And uh, this is uh, basically just the same map that I've been showing you for the completion of the cabinet installations for the bond for traffic. On the update for fiber, we are working with IT to do Wi-Fi instead of um, fiber to our intersections. We are going to be able to get the majority of our signals online with Wi-Fi versus a limited number that we were looking at due to cost for uh, fiber installations. And so IT um, has been working with the staff. We're developing a plan to roll this out um, within a three-month period to be able to get Wi-Fi to our um, <coughs> signals. Then the last portion of that bond project is the traffic signals timing study, which is still on hold with Lee Engineering, and so we're going to continue our coordination with them uh, to decide when's the date to release them so they can uh, update their traffic counts. Um, I included a, an update that was provided by uh, the contractor that's working with TxDOT to give you some uh, visual images of, of the work that's being done um, for the I-2, I-69 interchange project as well. And so... Um, they have some uh, good information on their website if, if uh, the public is interested as well to get additional information um, on the project. Any questions? No. Thank you. Thank you. Parks. Parks and Rec. Good afternoon once again. I'd like to share a few projects that the Parks and Recreation Department is working on, and I'd be happy to answer any questions if you have any. The uh, first one there is uh, Airport Park. On uh, January the uh, 27th, we had a re-grand opening, and obviously we had media and a few staff members there, but uh, that project is complete. That is a parkland zone project. That was one of the first ones. We built the... Uh, infamous bathrooms for the uh, for the public to enjoy and that is the same uh, floor model I'm sorry so we've been using that same uh, floor plan for all the other bathrooms that we're working on when they run we're looking at ninety thousand dollars and that's a combination of uh, the majority of the work is being done in-house we do contract some, some of the work as well. The, uh, the foundation and the CMU wall construction is being contracted. Much better than 200 plus. Yes, it is. <laughs> the uh, next picture is uh, Hidden Treasure here in the city of McAllen, very close to City Hall, which is uh, 16th Street and Booker T Avenue. This is Bethel Gardens. This is something that staff did in-house. Uh, we've been visiting with the, uh, the group that manages and maintains this area, and Mayor made some recommendations for uh, an upgrade and provided some of that funding 
and uh, we were able to do it in-house. Uh, the, uh, the objective obviously would be the, what you see on the right-hand side, it's a uh, eight by eight, uh, ba basically fiber cement space where uh, muralists will come in and do work that will tie in to some of the existing murals that are in the location. Obviously, these plants uh, took a harsh beating with the, uh, with the weather, but uh, we will hope that uh, they, they recuperate soon, and if not, we'll replace whatever needs to be replaced. But uh, it is a beautiful change to that location. A lot of the neighbors have been complimenting what's going on, and uh, we hope that that also ha has them take an interest in improving their, their areas. We did share work working with uh, Keep McCallum Beautiful, which did share information on Paint McCallum Beautiful. So, uh, that's something that we hope that uh, the neighborhood and the area will take advantage of. The, uh, I know eventually that's, that truss, right, that kind of steeple truss is going to be covered in vine? Yes, sir. How long will that generally take? I would say because it's the spring, the jasmine that we planted were five-gallon plants. I would say that by, by the latter part of the summer, we'll at least reach six to eight feet. Oh, really? Yes. And uh, within, within the year, we're hoping that the, the top portion of the trellis will have vines as well. This next picture is another bathroom facility at La Vista. This is the uh, sidewalk that uh, obviously connects the uh, existing pavilion and uh, some of the parking areas so that anybody using a wheelchair or needing a uh, walker for, for movement has a safe ADA accessibility to the bathroom in any part of the park. This was also the uh, Basically, the other renovations that were done, we're currently working on uh, playground improvements and uh, some of the shade structure improvements in that area, so picnic canopies that we hope to open in the future. This is the uh, area that we call a canteen. When uh, many folks have parties, they rent this particular area for barbecues, and uh, it, cedar that was probably over 30 years old. We replaced it, and we're keeping the same, the same style, the same color to match with the new bathrooms. And it is complete at this time. We're just doing some other minor improvements, stainless steel counters, and a couple of other things, screens as well. So it's uh, heavily used in the summers. Uh, in most cases, it's uh, in May, graduation parties, a lot of different events that take place at this particular park. This is Cascade. And uh, obviously, this is uh, a huge improvement to what we had at this particular location. We have a lot of corporate parties, large family gatherings that utilize the uh, baseball field, utilize the swimming pool, the park, and now we're able to host parties or corporate uh, events with a uh, very nice bathroom in the area. And this sidewalk also connects the uh, pavilion and any of the parking area to the, uh, to the bathroom for easy access. Well, Mike, can you, can you check on the, like that previous picture? I mean, everything's starting to look nice, but there's no grass as far as like the, the spray on thing. Oh yes, sir. This basically we had just removed the uh, the all, all the woodwork from the concrete, so we still need the final grading, and we we will obviously work on uh, the hydro mulching as well. So it would agree. It'll it'll be green. It'll be green. Are the new restrooms that we're doing? Are they gonna? Because they're in the park, so are they gonna have a changing table too? All the restrooms have a family bathroom and an adult size or a capability of adults uh, changing table, which is just like what you saw at uh, airport. at uh, airport park. This next uh, project is uh, Ubalde, ball field lighting. We are now able to host uh, nighttime practices and games at Ubalde. This mm -hmm. is a CDBG project, and uh, we're now working with AEP for a new transformer for this location. We'll be doing some soil and irrigation improvements in-house, which will 
hopefully have us running uh, by, by the summer. So this is a very popular area. And obviously with Moscow lights, we basically don't impact the uh, surrounding neighborhoods in a negative form. The, uh, have you seen in some, some of the other locations that we have, we could have a field and that's where, wherever the fence line is drawn, the, the light does not spill over to the neighborhoods and they're very efficient as well. This uh, other project is Fireman Park. At the uh, last uh, budget hearing, we proposed uh, the ability to relocate H2O hut because of the uh, improvement that's happening at the old pump house. And this is what we're proposing. We're looking at uh, basically going with the industrial look, industrial theme. Uh, we're using uh, containers, like transport containers for, for this area. This will be where uh, the public can go and rent the pedal boats, can go and buy water and pick up uh, their oars or paddles, life jackets for use at, at, uh, the, at the fireman's park. And uh, one of the things that we'll be doing, obviously, is uh, offering uh, different camps, different programs in the summer, so that this here can be the meeting point, the meeting location, and we have the pavilion, which is almost across the sidewalk to be able to use as well. Are they gonna have then sand on both sides or just this one's gonna have the sand, do you know? So this one is actually gonna have a deck. So uh, when you go, if you rent a boat or you, or you rent uh, a, you, you have more buoyancy. Instead of uh, a sand or a beach entrance, hmm. you're actually going to be uh, mounting a, a boat that's probably already two to three feet in water. I noticed you do have sand though, this for aesthetics, I would guess. Yes, sir. Going to be in the same place. I'm sorry, Mike. No, this will be on the east side of the mm -hmm. lake, right by the pavilion where where that uh, camping area is mm -hmm. at. Yeah, see the camping area. And People still use the camping area. It's it's used uh, not not as often. <laughs> uh, we have some uh, Girl Scout groups and other groups that have been it, been, been using it, but uh, it's it's not very popular. What we do have is a lot of groups doing uh, different events uh, in the day, and uh, we've had. Uh, a lot of fishing organizations, uh, fishing classes for the youth through Texas Parks and Wildlife. The camping has not been very popular at that location. Some of the comments we get is uh, it's too wide, too open. They feel that it's not the true feeling of, uh, of a camping ground. So we're hoping we can, we can work with that in the future. Perhaps uh, other locations that we have. Buy more trees. They used to do it at Mack High, remember, by the baseball. But so now, right now, do they go anywhere? I mean, not during COVID, but do they have the ability to go anywhere? Lions Park is a location that's used okay. pretty often. It's a neighborhood area, but it's uh, yeah, very yeah, it's very quaint, mm -hmm. and it's obviously fenced up. So it's uh, I think it that's, used to that's be the, the Boy Scouts where the there was a Boy Scout facility. Yes, sir, it is. it is. But it's it, they share it, so it's used by many different groups. Well, the Boy Scouts could really use the one on Twenty Third and uh, what's the name of that one? Kepler Property. Yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be amazing. And that's a plan that we've been working on, at least the design portion, so we can present in the future. Any questions? That's all I have for today. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. Sir. Future agenda items, you have them right here. I think one we, or two on the second page, we already did reopen the parks, right? And uh, small business assistant grant program, and then whoever had that on, I think we answered that question. At the workshop today. I spoke with the uh, district attorney, uh, and the county is interested in dusting off some of the uh, conversations we had about um, implementing uh, some 
bonding out on, on lower level um, offenses with uh, directly out of the jail. So the intent was to try to get a meeting set up with, the, with our judge, the, the DA, and the sheriff. Unfortunately, the weather didn't permit that last week, so I'll reach back out to them this week. But, but the DA was very optimistic that this would, it was an opportune time to, to uh, reignite those conversations. Okay. Roy, how, how soon do you think you might be able to have that Schneider project up for a workshop? Uh, we can move things around, Commissioner. Uh, there was a couple of items <clears throat> that we didn't get to today. Um, I'll have to get with the staff. Which one's that? Schneider Electric. Okay. There were some issues. I remember the last time there were some issues with that. We need to make sure we have the answers. Uh, I mean, if it's something that's good, let's do it. But we need to get those answers on. I think legal have presented us some, some issues. Okay. Let, let's get her done, and if it's good, let's do it. Okay. Okay. You, you, never mind. I say you might want to wait until after June to do this. <laughs> you know, okay. all right. Got you. Huh? I'm not in a rush. It's just okay. at some point. Okay. Just make sure it's moving. Got it. Yeah. Any other things you put on the agenda? Okay. Then we'll go to manager. Oh, I mean uh, mayor's mayor's report, right? Uh, report on COVID matters. A couple of things I want to talk about on that is, you know, our, if you haven't been to um, where the city uh, issues the um, at the convention center, very, very organized, a lot of compliments on it. Yeah. But I, I want to say this, there's some question, somebody asked me, why don't we um, be our own vaccination, like the uh, city of fire did. If you um, apply for it uh, and get it, there's, you don't get any more vaccinations. In other words, vaccinations are given to the area, the countywide area. So. All we would be doing is cutting up the pie even more. And I think since we such have an efficient system with the school district and the county, why, you know, try to duplicate that on right. our own? And so I think that's kind of the explanation I would give, unless, unless somebody has a problem. And the county's been very good. I mean, anybody can go to any one of those in the county. And for instance, this last one we did um, the, uh, what do you call them? Adult daycares, not only for McAllen, but other 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 cities, and that's the way Mayor, it's been done. Mayor, quick question on that. You, you mentioned you know we'd be cutting up the pie more, and I understand that, but you know, like the city of Far, right? Wouldn't they get um, you know more access and/or control of the vaccines if if they're a provider and they have that access and control of the vaccine? You know, I talked to the county about that, and, and when they figure out that category comes from someplace else and you know if the if, unless we had a problem with what the county's doing you want to duplicate you have to have a medical officer which we don't have one we have to appoint somebody and get all those things in place um and then you know continue to have the county and the, probably the county would let us do our own and we'd have to duplicate everything that they provide for us i would think unless somebody thinks that we're not getting enough um of ourselves then we would look at that but I think it's run very well. I think we've been, at least I've been getting a tremendous response regarding the organization, how quick it goes and how how well it's going. Now, as far as the number of the vaccine, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. But as far as the service, it's been great. And we work with the county commissioners on that because the county commissioners kind of have theirs divvied, divvied up too. And so we see have two county commissioners, both count two and, and Ellie have been working with us. And so I just think 
instead of you know for how many would get we'd be splitting the overall pie for the whole area yeah. unless we think we're not getting our fair share i think we look into that but i, I just don't think we i think it's working well and for that just want to add that i like that little ten dollar gift card on my way out it was nice yeah ten dollar gift card right <laughs> <laughs> who's giving ten dollar gift cards? Did Oh. For Zamora, it's a gift card for Zamora's restaurant. <laughs> oh. uh, but anyways, that's why we haven't. And um, I just, you know, I think unless we we can look into it, but you know, talk to the county, talk to the. I think it would be beneficial for us to kind of just look into it, uh, and because we are getting, I believe, what like 800, 900 vaccines every time we get, we do get them, and I think like the second time. Um, it went. It went to the to the adult centers. If I'm not the, the old and the right. Now, I mean, I think that is something worth exploring because, like, it, the way that McAllen is running it is actually it's it's phenomenal. Like, with you're you're in and out. Like, it's it's a great. Um, so if we can provide that and get more vaccines, so that way we can make it more available. I mean, I think that's something that's worth exploring. Right. Well, there is additional else. information that we're going to give you in executive. It's on the agenda. Okay. Yeah. And, and then the other thing is, um, let me think. Oh, the other thing we're trying to reach is the shut-ins, and that's been very difficult because you, um, you, we're trying to figure out a way we can bring them in as opposed to go to their houses because uh, going in the houses, the difficulty there is you have to have somebody stay with them for 15 minutes. Right. In some 30 minutes, depending on the comorbidities, afterwards, and so where do you get the staff for that? And so we, the, the proposal was due 20 a day, and I thought, well, there's got to be a better way of doing it. So we're trying to work with the council of governments, which fortunately have to be president this year, of getting transportation um, to the facilities for the next round is um, trying to bring shut-ins into the locations. The nice thing about shut-ins, not the nice thing, they they don't have a lot of exposure to other people, and so you know they're. They're high priority from a standpoint of the effect it would have on them, and low priority from the standpoint of they're they're shut in and they're not experienced. Unfortunately, they're not almost having contact with anybody. So that's why I had on that. Unless anybody had any questions, uh, report on weather and power. Um, you know, it's very interesting. Y'all, everybody have power here, or anybody who is out? Who is out of power? I was out for six days. Six days, I know. Five days. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I wasn't out. I don't know what happened. Do you want to? Yeah, you know that they were. Uh, just to give you a little history, going back in 2000, uh, two, in, in 1980, people talked about reliability, and then uh, back in the old days, until 2002, you know, the state was divided into really essentially four areas. Houston area had Houston Power Light, did all the greater Houston area. Dallas had Dallas. I can't remember what it was now, but it had all the Dallas. We had. Um, we had uh, CPNL, which was Corpus Christi to Laredo, south of San Antonio. Then they had West Texas Utilities. Everything else was kind of not in those four. Was, uh, El Paso, for instance, Texarkana, and some up north, way up north. But at any rate, uh, 2002, when those companies were here, they had responsibility for generation of power, transmission, and distribution, all in one company. Didn't connect very much. ERCOT had about three employees. The way they made their profits way back then was is not necessarily on the sale of electricity per se. They broke even on that, supposedly. Where they made their profit was on uh, reasonable return on invested capital. 
So that's how they made their money, and that's, that's where their profit motive was. So there was an incentive for them to do all the improvements necessary to keep their facilities and generations and all the generators and lines and that in the best shape they can because that's how they got their profit. The more money they put into the system, the more money they could get out of the system based on 12, 12, 11, 12, whatever that was. In 2002, they did deregulation. And what that did is the companies for CPL had to sell everything off. They sold all their generation off to AEP, I mean to uh, separate companies. San Antonio bought some, Austin bought some. Those had their own electric companies. And then third parties bought some. Sold all their line and distributions to AEP, was a Columbus, Ohio company. And then their marketing, they, sent to, they sold to a French company who's stationed in Montreal. But every, we, we protested it because we thought the local people would be very, very loyal and true enough, and those companies would take advantage of that. And they paid relatively higher rates over the year, the average than the average. And so what happened was, now he had generators that were regulated by ERCOT, now he had hundreds of employees, and they had standards, but there were no enforcement mechanism. And there was no incentive from a profit standpoint of improving those generation facilities. And that's what happened, <laughs> is what you saw what happened which was predicted in 2011. And so I don't know. The other situation is we always wanted to stay within Texas. So those four areas stayed within Texas, did not connect to the nationwide um, web, if you will, system. And so there was no interchange. So we were stood on our, our own. That's why El Paso had nobody out, because El Paso is connected to the western grid. Texarkana is the eastern grid. They're not part of the ERCOT system in Odessa or whatever way up north, I apologize to those people, they, they were connected to. And so we weren't. So, you know, the legislature started this, now they're going to supposedly um, cure it. We'll see what happens. <coughs> we'll see what happens up there, but a lot of finger pointing. But um, that's essentially what happened, and um, it was pretty um, predictable, it was terrible. Um, what, you know, uh, the rolling didn't work and it, it happened six days in your place because they couldn't put the they couldn't put it back in the bottle once it was done they couldn't take you off and put somebody else on at the same time it was not going to work uh, and they didn't they lost the capability of doing that and unfortunately they don't know everybody that's on a circuit so you had some vital you know, businesses hospitals etc they went off uh, because they were because they don't know every customers on the circuits computer generated and um, over the years, my understanding is not everybody that's on that circuit's known, necessarily known, maybe in the building department, but not in the thing where they're going to do the switch. So at anyways, um, we were pretty uh, lucky and unlucky uh, in our area. And we're also at the end of the system, so our transmission, you know, we always have transmission restraints. We pay it on our bill now. We never paid it before. but. When there's a high usage, we always pay a surcharge in the in the area because we're at the end of the line. So transmission decreases as you get to the end of the line because because of, of Mexico. So we always pay transmission res restraint um, in hot weather, generally, and uh, certainly in events like this. To put it in perspective, they paid nine thousand a kilowatt a megawatt hour. It's nine dollars a kilowatt hour. If you look on your bill, you pay about four cents. Also, amount of three to five cents a kilowatt hour on your electric bill. That'd be equivalent of paying nine dollars. So, if you were on a market base, when they try to sell you, go on the market base, you save a lot of money. Well, you save pennies, but at the risk of dollars. And this is probably the extreme case. So, if you, the average person, uses say 400 kilowatt hours, 
Well, you just paid uh, $3,600 here for your electric bill this month. So, figure that one out. Anyway, so that's a, uh, but the le I'm confident that the legislature will solve all these problems. But maybe just something to consider, because like I know, like I got an email from my electric company about it, and I've heard a couple of people have been getting them that um, pretty much like the, the usage of our electricity went up like 45%. So I think people are going to be really freaking out once they get their light bill. So oh, yeah. That's something that we should probably... Yeah. You know, I, I don't know, in summer times when you get to 110, you know, 110 degrees or weather or whatever, it, it goes up. Better but, um, <laughs> this was, I think, a little more prolonged, prolonged than that. You know, in the summertime, it does get a little cooler at night. I'm not sure, but, um, yeah, this was unusual. But, yeah, be prepared for a, a huge electric bill. This, well, some more than others. Especially if you're on a, if you're on a, a rate where, um, and then a lot of uh, like a hospital, a lot of hospitals run inter interruptible rates where they have a right to because they have generators and all those. But they didn't. Uh, most of them are run on natural gas, some on other on liquid. Um, but they weren't ready to be off for for a week, and so that caused problems too. Anyways, that's that's just, that's what happened. Uh, report on the public utility. Uh, you know, we uh, we don't do too much work with the public utility. We kind of do their um, approve their rates once a year. We're, we meet with them on the health, uh, insurance and all that. But um, they really proved something. Uh, everybody that didn't have power still had water, right? Yep. Yeah. Need to recognize them. Most of us didn't have. That's what I'm doing right now. Then most of us didn't do have. Most of us around us didn't have water. And if they did, it was a lot had to do with our public utility. But even before this happened, and San Angelo had a chemical contamination problem, and so they not only couldn't boil, they just couldn't use their water, period. And guess who the state recommended them, them to call? McAllen Public Utility. So we sent a crew up there uh, to work with them, just like we did with Rockport or anything else. This was a little different from, uh, we didn't know what was happening and, and all that. But that was pretty good, and we got nice letters back from the mayor of, um, uh, up there to say thank you very much. San Angelo, is that right? San Angelo, so we did all that. And then uh, let me tell you about what happened. City of Fire, we supplied potable water via the 8-inch line to City of Water Interconnect from Monday through Thursday, so their water system stayed up. Um, I don't get too technical, but once your water towers don't have water, then you don't have pressure, you don't have pressure, then you have to boil, mm -hmm. is essentially how that all works. So we, no, no, nobody in McAllen had to boil because of two things, because of the condition of our plants, but also the management uh, managed it where we kept our water towers full in anticipation of that, kept in that. City of Alamo, we're doing, by the way, we have the only lab that was operating, so people that had to go to um, boil couldn't even get their systems back on until they got the lab and analysis. We're the only lab that was working. The state's lab was, uh, didn't have electricity for a week, and so they were not operational. City of Alamo, we did their, their um, analysis of the water. City of Edinburgh, we provide lab analysis and then um, enable them to lift their, their um, boil water notice. Sherryland Water Supply Corporation, we just did the same for them. Uh, community of Siesta Shores and Zapata County, we sent a three-inch uh, valve to their community and put it in and got them back in service again. And so, but I think the most important thing, we like to, on behalf of the citizens, thank uh, the great people at the McAllen Public Utility Board, elected officials, and the staff that we didn't have any interruption or have to boil in McAllen when 
all the chaos was happening around us and around the state. So congratulations, Mark, uh, and send this, I think, to your, to your board, and certainly to all the men and women of the utility. I was thinking about the proclamation. Proclamation? Okay, I'll give, we'll give my proclamation. Well, um, Sanitation needs to be thanked. Question to the engineer, hey Roy, why do you have to borrow, uh, boil when the pressure's low? Once you lose, uh, the state rec uh, requirement is that you can't fall below 35 pounds per square inch. When you do, it's automatic. If you lose, if you go below but what that, happened to the water? I don't well, know. among other things is infiltration. The pressure in the pipe pushes uh, anything that would otherwise come into the pipe when you don't have pressure you'll have infiltration get bacteria dirt all kinds of stuff and so you've got to boil it until you're sure that all of it is out among other things and pressure coming into the tanks or after no pressure I mean water going into the pipes so the pipes are underground once they lose pressure all kinds of stuff starts getting into the pipe that otherwise would be pushed out and most of the pressure comes from the water towers and the plant. Mm -hmm. You don't get that. The plant and the water towers and stuff. I also wanted to recognize well, that. You don't have back valves or... Yeah, once you go below 35, you don't have a choice. Yeah. You, the state says you're going to boil your water. The, the water coming out of the plant's probably at almost 100 pounds, 80 pounds. Yeah, well, I can assure you most people don't know why you have to boil your water. Yeah. At least no. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't either. Yeah, you don't want to drink it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cooking. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, and you know, Veronica mentioned the sanitation department. We've got a lot of departments going to get a report from Roy about all the different activities we did citywide, and we'll certainly um, recognize all that. I tell Avita she better get ready because everybody's going to be um, cutting down trees and, and everything else. Oh, no, they never stopped working either during all the cold weather. Yeah. I mean, they did enough, you know, they... There are uh, police, fire, fires out yeah. there, you know, um, it was a dangerous situation for a fire department. You lose, yeah. you lose yeah. pressure. That's a huge deal because you can't fight fires. And so they were out there, uh, fire marshal's office. And so everybody continued working. I don't think um, uh, I kind of stayed in the house, but everything else was. <coughs> then the last one's on immigration. It's a busy week, so actually I want to. And that's a new thing that came up. Um, the, the federal government still the border patrol. We had when the discussion talk Friday. Friday, I guess it was, and they're still releasing uh, any uh, asylum-seeking families that have a, a child under seven years, seven years old or younger. So we see a lot of those show up. Their policy is to process them at a temporary station under the Anzaldúa's Bridge. Uh, most of the people coming within a mile of either direction of that. Their process is to um, a pretty simple process before they release them. They send them down to our bus station. Uh, and release them there, uh, or, or the respite center. They've been releasing them at the bus station um, more now. We're getting anywhere between 200 to 300 a day. When they had to freeze, there were no buses running, obviously, because of the weather conditions. So we had over 800 people in the respite center uh, at one time. Got pretty close to 1,000, I think. Uh, city had to provide generators and heaters there to the, the power was out there. Um, we provided tent. We had provided before um, for testing, 15-minute testing for anybody who's going to go come into the center. We're continuing to do that. That's uh, city trained them, uh, the people that take tests, and so we've been involved with that uh, directly. 
because you know the whole issues are coming to our bus station and if they're just released by the border patrol without the respite center etc where would they be uh, the other thing is we partner up with the city of mission with the church of guadalupe church and mission to be an overflow facility the city will probably provide um, transportation if we need to on the overflow and so far we haven't used that but father roy's um, ready to take them and so we're all ready from that standpoint we did get a call from the i got a call from the white house on friday it was kind of surprising that the white house um, didn't know what was happening here <laughs> Uh, they're more concerned about the release of the MPP people, the people that have been in camps down there that are waiting for their hearing, and they're being, they are now being released, about 100 today, to us too, but though, that's what the, they were trying to clear those camps out without, I think, understanding the total numbers that were coming across as asylum seekers um, for, the, for the Border Patrol. So anyways, we informed them. We're trying to make sure we get re reimbursed under FEMA or directly from the federal government. We're told um, today we had a telephone call with them. We're told they have money, they just don't have a mechanism to get it to us. I guess you need an appropriations bill or something. I'm not <laughs> sure what that is. Direct <laughs> Got a lot of money. But, 30, you know, a check and a 35 cent stamp. Yeah, so we, we uh, were was trying to get that either, you know, FEMA authorized, et cetera. Yeah, we're gonna meet with them Wednesday. They're bringing the medical team down on Wednesday. Uh, and uh, somebody from the government affairs office Wednesday um, to meet with us. Wow, um, even though we've had all these people come through, you know, probably a couple thousand now, we've only had two cases of COVID that were positive and they were um, quarantined in a different facility run by Catholic Charities and then released after quarantine. And so we're still continuing to, to test and it's a pretty good um, system. We had a test this time outside the, um, uh, the bus station, so we provide a tent and some lights this weekend. But we're keeping track of all that and hopefully we'll get um, FEMA reimbursed or reimbursed directly. And uh, it's kind of deja vu all over again. It's the third, third time we face this crisis. And um, all of them are a little different. Caused a little differently and handled a little differently. But um, so we're on top of it. And we met with the county today to, to um, Apparently, the federal government wanted to talk to the county, although they haven't done anything directly with us, so we're just going to use that, that vehicle. Any questions? I mean, I'm just happy that some of the people I know, last time we took a, we took a beating by the actions we took, but I've talked to some people that after the fact realized that it was the right thing to do. So I'm glad that we did what we did. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of scary. You know, we were about two weeks ago when it first started, the calls where the border patrol was just saying release on this we can't pass we can't do anything we're just processing them and releasing them it's really a sad process when you think about it they're being released on the court on the promise to appear again um, and that may be five or six years so there is no if you if people are going to some are going to report back some won't report back some will have children some will have husbands american and then you know it's, it's just a crazy mess and there ought to be a better process but um we just happen to have the best bus station in the whole world. Mayor, <laughs> I was going to ask you, what, what activities or assets are we seeking for FEMA to reimburse for? What now? What, what activities or assets are we seeking FEMA to reimburse for? We're to, uh, everything we're using, and, uh, including personnel time, um, all the equipment. Um, we're trying to keep track of everything that okay. we, we have, yeah. You know, and we had last time, we had little trouble. It was the second time we had a little trouble with FEMA because it went through the state. 
and so we had a little trub trouble with that. So I talked to the White House lady, and I said, it's going to be FEMA. It's got to go directly to us. Right. And we can't bypass them. So they're they're looking at supposed to give us a report on Wednesday when they come down. Because normally it would go through the governor's office before it got to us? Or? All FEMA money goes through the governor's, governor's office. office. Okay. He's the one that declares an emergency and it comes through FEMA and then goes to local oh, jurisdictions. That's just the nature of it. So the federal government has to deal with a thousand different entities. And I did see that the bridge closures will continue through parts of March. So hopefully you can, can you can kind yeah, of plug is, that into your discussion. This is so absurd. Yeah. Uh, we've done a couple thousand people who come from Central America that has almost literally no health care. And that's okay for them to come and be released in our community without any any supervision. But um, non-essential travel from Mexico can't come across our international bridge. Exactly. To go shopping in McAllen to do a lot of business. You know, we usually have six to seven thousand people a day. We're down to like twenty-five hundred a day that are essential people, but non-essential can't come drive across or anything. And um, I'll just leave it at that. I don't understand that process. But. Otherwise, it was a fun week. Freezing to death. Uh, executive session. <clears throat> Mayor, it's my opinion that items 9A through F qualify for conversation or consideration in executive session. As indicated next to the specific item, uh, <laughs> pursuant to Texas Government Code 551071072, 074, or OSF. I recommend the consideration of motion. Each item in executive session. So moved for recess for executive session. Second. Motion is second. Going to the executive session and advice the city attorney. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. The recess in executive session is 643. respect to item 9E, I recommend the commission uh, entertain a motion to disapprove the request of the tenant. So moved. Second. second. Motion and second to disapprove the request of the tenant. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Uh, with respect to item F1, I recommend the commission authorize a motion to authorize the director of aviation and city manager to move forward with the incentives as discussed in the executive session. So moved. Second. second. With respect to item. Okay, wait a minute. We have a vote. We got a motion, motion second. All in favor say aye. Aye. Vote same sign. Motion carries. With respect to item F2, recommend you authorize the director of aviation and city manager to uh, negotiate air airline incentives as discussed in the executive session. Second. Motion is second. Any discussion? If you're none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. And with respect to item F3, I recommend you take no action. Okay, we're taking no action. Anything else? <laughs> so thank you very much. We'll have a safe evening. We stand adjourned, 737. <laughs>